welcome back but not welcome back because we've not really moved <laughs> <laughs> there's been a, approximately 30 seconds between the last episode and this and episode have to talk so quick <laughs> <laughs> we've got 24 minutes this will be a record-breaking one maybe we should do it like speed dating where we're just like speed talk you answer and then answer um this one i would like to talk about Obviously, by now, everyone knows what we do, who we work with. I think we need to get into the details of why people maybe struggle so much with their relationship with food, some practical tips for that. But I'd love to talk about social media and body image and the things that have been... It's very relevant right now, isn't mm. it? I mean, I feel like this happens every few months, someone gets outed, but... Yeah. Let's start with, why do we think people struggle with their relationship with food so much? People in the fitness industry. At people in fitness industry or in general. I mean, I coach coaches, you coach coaches. Yeah. So maybe let's go with in general and then specific to coaches. I think in general, it is because, well, it, it is going to depend on the individual as we know, like with everything. Mm -hmm. But so many people wrap up so much of their sense of worth in their physical appearance. Yeah. And they think that everything in life is going to be okay and great if they look a certain way or they achieve a certain way and they can maintain that body or that look mm -hmm. um and then obviously with social media that just magnifies that so much yeah. and then for people in the fitness industry there's so many coaches and influencers who think my body is my business card yeah. like i have to look a certain way i have to be a certain level of leanness <clears throat> for people to want to work with me mm -hmm. um and that can be a really dangerous cycle for people to get wrapped up in if they're, especially if they're already struggling with yeah. the way that they feel about food. Definitely. And I have a conversation with a lot of coaches that, and I think sometimes, you know, if we acknowledge our privilege of the bodies that we exist in, mm. people maybe think, hmm, well, you won't get this, but I have coaches that feel like they are judged on their body and they don't feel like they look like a personal trainer mm. or they look like a nutritionist and they feel like they'll be judged for that. And I always have to reflect back and say, well, if somebody is basing whether they're gonna work with you on how you look, do you want to work with that person? Yeah. The answer is almost always no. Yeah. Well then, does it really, like that's not to say that you're not gonna care about that, but if you try and think about that every time, mm. If somebody came to you and said, I want to work with you because of the way that you look, would that actually feel like a good working relationship? Because it wouldn't to me. No. And it never happens. No. Like the sorts, when people are posting like photo shoot photos, mm -hmm. really lean pictures, you don't get client inquiries from no. those sorts of posts. No. And if I think about any coach that I've ever paid in my life, it was not based on what they look like. It yeah. was on their education, their knowledge, the way they treat their clients content that they've given out if I feel that I get on with that person mm -hmm. literally what they look like had nothing to do with me wanting to pay them and work no. with them yeah exactly I think it's um it's not always about lived experience that definitely helps but I think for me it's that and I get this when my clients come to me you probably get the same but it's them basically knowing how you feel and think mm -hmm. and they'll say something you're like fuck that's me <laughs> I feel like that or I do that or I struggle with that and and that's clients come to me and say I feel like you're inside my head when you say yeah something. they feel seen yeah heard. like your posts are really hitting yeah with the stuff that they're experiencing Definitely. I think another thing another reason why people struggle so much with the relationship with food and is why and I'm sure you do the same 
education is such a big part of our service is people just don't have a freaking clue about nutrition. No. They're so confused. Because there's so much misinformation. Yeah. And then they come to you and they're like, where should I start with working on my relationship with food? And I think if you, if you don't have the funds to maybe invest in a coach, try and invest in good content education. There's so much free stuff out there. I mean, for God's sake, you're listening to a podcast now. You've got a podcast as well, haven't you? Yeah. Um, like find people that you trust and consume their content. I think even that can help your relationship with food and unpicking things that are not true, you know, beliefs that you need to unpick. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like, yeah, I always say, if I had known like what my body needed to function optimally and you know, how much food we do need, mm-hmm. then I don't think I would have struggled yeah. as long as I did. Yeah. But I think you're right. The main thing is, and what keeps people stuck, and when we talk about especially eating disorders, it's not just risk factors, it's maintaining factors. What's maintaining your eating disorder or your disordered eating behaviors? And a lot of it is that control of your body. You want to have a certain body shape or aesthetic because you think it's going to give you something emotionally or mm. something in life, which you know we know is not true. Um, or maybe people have like got to that point and then they're too scared to move away from that. Yeah. Like, you know, they've achieved a body composition that they've always wanted. Yeah. And then it's like, right, well, I have now got all these food rules and I feel mm-hmm. guilty around certain foods because I don't want to regain weight and yeah. I want to stay in a physique that actually for them to have quality of life is completely unrealistic yeah. and that was sustainable. That was definitely me. I mean, I did bodybuilding for like the challenge, but I think I was the person that didn't feel like I got taken seriously enough because I didn't look like a personal trainer. Did bodybuilding, got to a certain physique and got so much validation for it. Mm. That's what kept me stuck. And I was terrified of gaining weight again because I felt like I wouldn't get taken seriously again. So I can totally see how influencers, online coaches, everybody can fall into this kind of trap. And that's why I say it so much and people think, oh, off like it's not just about the way that you live but a lot of it is about the way that you live if you could actually take a step back and think but how do I want to live Mm. what is the best life that I want and what behaviors would I have in place because whatever body that leads to that's my dream body yeah that is your dream body yeah and the way you should be yeah and something I try and get my clients to do as well is to imagine a world where they had never been preoccupied by the shape or size of their body. They never tried to lose weight. They never struggled with over-restriction or overeating. How would they be showing up for themselves every day? What Mm -hmm. would things look like day to day? What would their life look like? How would they be eating? Because when people develop these disordered habits, it's not something that anybody ever anticipated that they would want to be doing or how they would want to be showing up. Um, So I think that's important as well to try and strip back all of the shit from diet culture and social media and comparison and and get people to think, right, if I was in a super healthy place, how would things look for me day to day? And then putting the steps in place to be able to get there. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it's thinking about if I was happy where I am now in my body um, or even content. No one's ever 100% happy. No. And I think actually being overly happy in your body can be problematic yeah. because then you're still over-focusing on 100%. Um, your body. But being like mostly content 
what would day-to-day look like? How would you show up for yourself, for your family, at work? You know, how would you eat? How would you move? Whatever that looks like, okay, go and do that. Yeah. <laughs> do that now. Yeah. Don't do that when. Yeah. Do that now. Um, I think that's definitely a good place to to kind of kick off. So obviously there's a lot of talk at the minute and I didn't see your post, but you can talk me through it. Um, a certain influencer, we're not going to, you know, call this person out again they've been called out many times Mm. and this isn't the first person it won't be the last person but you know quite a well-known fitness influencer has been apparently outed for editing photos what's your thoughts on that what her doing it or being outed Both. both yeah both so i think have you seen the outing video I've seen two. There was yeah. two, wasn't there? Because there was one of him outing her and then she did a video back showing her camera roll to show that she hadn't edited her photos and he then screenshotted that and then... Showed that she had. She had. Yeah. So I think the fact that she did it is awful and it shows the place that she's in. Yeah. Because she's incredibly good looking, like great physique lean like she's Mm -hmm. in a a smaller body whether she's using disordered eating habits to maintain that we don't know um but she's clearly despite being in incredible shape feeling an intense amount of pressure to then look even leaner than what she already looks and that to me is sad scary yeah um because the fact that she feels she needs to do that is is just not good at all. And then the whole calling out thing, I mean, that is how some people run their social media. That's what some yeah. people are known for. And I think we need to be aware that people do these things so that when people are in those cycles of self-comparison, they know that a lot of the stuff they're consuming online probably isn't the reality. Yeah. But done in that way where it feels like it's bullying, it's a bit of a witch hunt. I don't like it. No, I don't like it. I've um, never done the call out thing. I used to, but not even specifically to, to that person. people. Yeah. No, no. and I think, it, you know, it's... It fuels the fire. Like, she's not going to not edit her photos now. She's going to feel worse that you've called her out. Yeah, and I think now people are going to be looking for... Like, oh, has she edited this part of a photo? Has she done that? So people are going to be trying to call it out even more. And I don't think it's never a nice thing. Like, who benefits from this calling out culture? It's not a nice place to be. I definitely used to do it um, on social media with different, like, slimming groups and stuff like that. And I think there's a difference between raising awareness and then making people feel like shit. Yeah. Because ideally as well, we would be in a world where people could look at a photo of somebody that was in great shape and it doesn't make them feel shit about their own body. They're not yeah. comparing. It's like, she looks great. My body's amazing for everything it does for me. Like it, when we talk about self-comparison, ideally one of my aims is to get all of my clients to a place where they could look at anybody, any photo and not feel shit about themselves because of the shape yeah. somebody else is in. Yeah. Um. But obviously that comes from a lot of, work on like body neutrality, body functionality. Yeah. And there's so many people that aren't at that place. Yeah. So ideally self-comparison to influencers or other coaches in the industry wouldn't be an issue, but we've got a long way to go before we get there. Definitely. And I think that's a really, this whole scenario 
kind of, you can use that when you are comparing like, okay, so if you compare yourself to this, this girl and you make yourself feel like shit, this girl that you are comparing yourself to that you would like to look like is still not happy in mm. her body. She still feels like she needs to edit her photos. So you thinking if you get there, you'll be happy. You it's are. not gonna happen. No. Cause she's not happy. And she is extremely financially secure. I mean, she's rich beyond her wildest dreams, probably. Mm. Um, she's got this, you know, I, I wanna say like good physique because it's kind of what is is praised in the fitness industry. You know, we again, we don't, like you said, we don't know what she's doing to to maintain that. But she's still not happy and she still feels that pressure. And I think whenever something like that happens, I always try and meet it with compassion of like, mm. where, what kind of place have you got to be in to do this? Even if it is misleading, yes, it's misleading. But I also think from my perspective, if I'm being misled by someone that's, I mean, she's not that younger than me, but there are other influencers that are younger that edit their photos, like probably more for me, mm. like to be influenced that much by a, a 20 odd something when they don't lead the same life that I do, they don't have the same lifestyle that I do. How can I compare apples to oranges? Like, yeah. it's just not fair. But I, yeah, I don't like this whole call out thing. I do think that for the young and impressionable, there should be something, like, you know, if we use a filter, like say we took a photo of ourselves now and we put a filter on it, you would see that filter um, if we put a photo on the story or whatever, that kind of shows like, oh, this has been altered in some way. Even if we didn't mm. change our features, I feel like there should be some way that when a photo is uploaded, you can see if it's been edited. Yeah, like yeah, it's almost like a not like a trigger warning, but a warning. Yeah, of, this has been edited. You don't know how or why, but you just know. Mm -hmm. I think that would be helpful for people to be like, oh my god, she looks fantastic, but be like, oh, but she has edited it a little bit, and that's up to her. Yeah rather than being like, fuck, how do I look like that? Mm. But I think there's so much work for us to do as well as being like, oh, another person's edited the photos. If you are really angered by that, I think you need to ask yourself why. Yeah, and I think as with all the calling out stuff as well, if people then sat back and thought, oh, well, she's in great shape, but she's edited a photo, so now I feel better about myself. Mm -hmm. Isn't that an issue in itself? That, well, she's edited a photo, so she doesn't actually look like what we think she looks like. So I actually feel a little bit better about my own insecurities mm -hmm. because she isn't the reality of what we see online. Yeah. Like that's a problem too, yeah. because we shouldn't need that validation and that justification of knowing that she doesn't look like what we see on the internet. Yeah. It's 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 complex, and I think the whole calling out stuff moves us away from the actual issue, which is that so many people in the fitness industry struggle with the way they feel about food, the way they feel about their bodies, and they feel this immense amount of pressure to look a certain way and yeah. to maintain a lean physique, and that's the problem. That's yeah. the issue. Yeah, I was reading um, a few years ago a study, and it was looking at fitness influencers versus travel influencers. And they were scoring them against like eating disorder diagnostic criteria and, and amongst other things. And I think it was like a fifth of the fitness influencers um, were scoring really highly as being at like high risk of developing an eating disorder. Mm. And it's like, so a fifth out of a hundred, that's like quite a few. If you think about how yeah. many are out there and that's not to be like, oh, 
again, that's not like a satisfaction of when you see a fit, fitness influencer just think she's got disordered eating. Yeah. It's a let's use compassion. Like when you're looking at them thinking, why am I struggling so much with my food? Why can I not implement this behavior? Why am I binge eating? Why am I restricting? Actually, there's a lot more people that are also going through that. Mm-hmm. And that's not to make you feel better. It's to make you feel like that common humanity, like we mm. all have, and we'll all go through that at different times. And I think that can be quite empowering for some people to then be like, and I don't think, I think you're right. Like, it's not that it should make you feel happy that they're struggling, but it should make you be like, fuck, well, you know, this thing that's this elusive happiness that I'm trying to chase through a physique, I'm not gonna get there. It's not gonna come from a physique. It's gonna come from no. a lifestyle, a mindset, having the right support in place. Passion, um, fulfillment, meaning, yeah, purpose. Definitely. All of those things. Yeah, I definitely see a correlation between like a lack of purpose and then poor mental health. Massively. And that's like, regardless of lifestyle, I look at people that have like all the money in the world and then they have drug addictions. So, yeah. you know, they sadly are lost to things like suicide. It's like, mm. what do you want to have in life? Like a really like lean physique or do you want to live with purpose and meaning yeah. and get joy out of your day yeah I got really deep really quickly but I think that is like the overarching goal when it comes to your relationship with food people say how where do I start well start by taking a step back and look at the areas that you're not putting focus in when you're putting it all into exercise yeah. and food Spending all your energy there. It takes so much headspace and mental and emotional energy that then you don't have the time and the capacity for those things that are going to give you that meaning and that joy. God, my nose is getting off. I was just going to say, (laughs) I'm all nasally. Um, uh, Yeah, you're not going to have the mental and emotional energy needed for the things that actually matter. Yeah. And I think, you know, to round off this podcast, I was gonna talk about like some of the practical things that people can do to to start to improve their relationship with food. I think that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Looking at where you spend most of your headspace and where you spend most of your time. I had a consultation with a, a lady yesterday. She spends so much time moving, like hiking, walking, and doing CrossFit, and then working. She literally has no time for anything else. Mm. And like, just to reflect that back to someone and, and think like, is that how you want to spend all of your time? No, well, where would you like to spend more time? Yeah. I get my clients friends. to like a pie chart yeah. and split it up. See where it's skewed towards. Yeah. And it's good to think like, well, what would your ideal life look like then? Like how much time would you spend with friends, with family, traveling, whatever? And then how can you, you know, rejig that? And especially if there's people that exercise too much or maybe people that don't exercise at all, I'd like to be more active. Mm. Cool, let's look at what that looks like then. Where else do you think people could start like, not with an easy thing to implement, but something that doesn't feel as big and scary when it comes to like improving their relationship with food? Um, I think knowing, this is maybe a little bit of another deep one, but knowing what your values are. Yeah. And how you can live in line with those every day. Mm -hmm. Because nobody's values are a lean body or abs or obsessions around food or exercising for hours every single day. Like those aren't values. Yeah, That's not a way to be showing up and to be living your life. So it's deciding and that, so that in itself, people living out of line with what they say they value 
is another reason that so many people do struggle with mental health. Yeah. It's why- Because you aren't living authentically. Yeah. And I always say to my clients when we're doing the values work is think of a time when you felt most like disappointed in yourself, frustrated at yourself. Like what usually are you doing or where are you or where? what are you not doing? That is a sign that you're not living within your values. Yeah. You say this is a value, but then you do this. Mm -hmm. And I think that can work better as like goal setting than yeah. I wanna lose X amount of weight or I wanna have it, you know, a certain physique or be a certain dress size. Um, and again, like people are like, oh, it's so airy fairy, but it's not. Like it's it's way more powerful to know your values. Um, because if you, you might have values that sometimes are opposing or there might be actions within those that, you know, don't align, but that's, you know, if you say to yourself, it's okay because I'm living more in this value today than that value. But most of the time I'm in that value. So, you know, you value health, but that doesn't mean you don't enjoy certain things. Like I value health, I value connection. And sometimes to connect with people, I will have food that is more calorie dense, less nutrient dense. I'm living in that value of connection. That doesn't mean that I disregard health all the time. Like I don't just eat like that all the time. Mm. Um, and that's a really good way that you can implement a pause is like, does this action align with my values? If not, what would feel more aligned with my values? And that can sometimes help. I think as well, viewing health as multifaceted. So it's <laughs> not just the food that we eat or calories or exercise. It is those social connections. Yeah. It's thriving in your career. It's financial health. Mm -hmm. It is connection. Emotional and it is, health. yeah, and spiritual health. Yep. That meaning and that purpose and that drive, like all of those things encompass health. Yeah. And I think like practically when it comes to food with your food relationship, a lot of the behaviors need forcing before... Yeah. They start to feel good and natural and you start to feel the benefit of fueling yourself properly. Yeah. So for people that have had disorder, well, or do have disordered behaviors with food, it's not gonna feel natural to go and make yourself three balanced meals a day and no. to have two snacks or to be fueling yourself properly around training. Yeah. But being like, I'm doing this for future me. I'm doing yeah. this because these are the values that I have that I am trying to get closer towards living my life in line with. And you are gonna have to force it. Yeah. Um, Cause it isn't gonna come naturally for a very long time. <laughs> and it can almost feel like a backward step. Yeah. For some people, I find that a lot of my clients when they start working a relationship with food, it's not as easy to quantify as like scale weight or performance in the gym. And a lot of them, especially at the beginning, go through a stage where they like feel like they're regressing. Mm. So even implementing these behaviors seems positive at first, but then they're like, I don't feel like anything's changing because it's really difficult because it feels difficult. It feels alien. And there's still that part of you that knows that it's good for you, but wants to stay over here where it's a bit more disordered and it's safe. And I think that's a really important thing for people to realize is that it will probably feel like you're going backwards before you go forwards. Or it'll feel like food preoccupations increase yeah. because yeah. you're working through this stuff. They're talking yeah. to us about it. You're having to focus on it to yeah. not focus on it. Yeah. And that's what's so really- like an uplift. Yeah. Almost before yeah, to it- To then balance it back out. Um, and that can be really difficult for people. And I, I do find that, that people struggle with that and um, not knowing it's weird and i don't know if you experience this but when i think about my relationship with food when it got back to a place where i was like content there's no definitive moment it didn't just go bam oh my god today no. it's changed you just get to a point where you're like fuck i haven't done that 
in ages mm. or I haven't thought about, you know, restricting or over-exercising in ages. And you're like, oh, I've made loads of progress. And I say this to my clients, like, it'll just be one day that you, and that's why we do a lot of reflective writing and, and journaling. Like, I try not to call it journaling because they go, oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, do reflective like practices where you think about where you used to be or you think about, you know, the way that you relate to your body and food and exercise. And then you start to see, I have made progress, but it's mm. really hard when you're in it. 100%. And it, like you said, it's looking back on how you'd have dealt with situations in the past yeah. and whether that's like going out for a meal and genuinely being excited to see people, to socialize, mm -hmm. to be able to try something new on the menu without it being this stressful, horrendous situation or like coming into Christmas and not being like, fuck, I've got to starve myself for three weeks to fit in a little black dress. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not allowed to enjoy Christmas foods until... I'm going to allow myself Christmas Day and Boxing Day and then restrict the rest of the time. It's you're almost just in your life and living it and yeah. food and the way you feel about food is adding to that and enhancing your life rather than causing more yeah. stress and attracting from upset. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge thing is thinking like, does this, is this food rule actually making life easier or not? Um, but you will have to force those things in the beginning when you're working on your relationship with food. Definitely. Um, and I think it's very apt this time of year that people are gonna struggle. Um, and I would say if, if because this is when people will go, well, fuck it, I'll wait, what's the point? Yeah. Coming into Christmas. And it's like, if you started working on it now, you could probably have the best Christmas in terms of how you feel about food and how you approach it, mm -hmm. rather than burying your head in the sand. Um, I think that's when people are really weight focused though. Yeah. Because like, I don't give a fuck if my clients gain some weight over Christmas. Most of my clients don't Most weigh people themselves. do. Most people do anyway. It's yeah, natural. that's normal. Then it balances out again. I'll gain weight over. I mean, I don't really weigh myself. No, often, I don't. My clients don't. I'll definitely gain probably. Well, yeah. no, I, I won't know. Yeah. But that's the point. Like, if, if even if we did weigh ourselves, you know, when people think about weight maintenance you don't stay exactly the same weight. No. You fluctuate up and down a few kilos yeah. over time. But people then, you know, like catastrophize that and think that's a negative thing and it's not. So yeah, I think this is definitely a good time of year. Um, and actually a great place to wrap up with. And I, I guess if you are thinking about it, you know, you, you're in a bad place with food. This is a perfect time. So feel free to reach out to me or Sophia if you do want some support or just binge these podcasts, binge Sophia's podcast. She's got a great podcast as well. I think if you'd not just done a webinar, was it one of your coaches did a webinar about navigating Claire, Christmas? Yes, Claire did one about navigating food at Christmas. That was really, really good. Lovely. So if anybody wants a copy of that, I can send message you. Amazing. Yeah. Right, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Yeah. We'll probably do this again. Yeah. Oh, well, let us know if you want us to do it again. <laughs> You're like, God, those two, just don't shut up. Just try and shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> right, thank you so much for listening and I will catch you all next week. Boom. Oh, that was good 